Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Lion's Den, our inaugural presentation. Today, I have two guests with me, Greg Raby and Brooke Halsey. Greg is an associate of mine at Hightower. He actually works with Wellspring Associates. I'll let him expand a little bit upon on the relationship that Wellspring has with us. And then Brooke Halsey, actually office with Brooke. Uh, we're in the same office building here, and uh, he's an estate planning attorney and trustee for some families here in, in Tiburon, California. And of course, I'm Todd Lyon. I'm the founder and chief strategist of Lyon Wealth Management. And I was just talking to Greg. I'm coming up on 40 years in the business. Hard to believe. Greg, expand a little bit about our relationship with you. Yeah, thanks, Todd. At Wellspring Associates, we've been doing this for a little bit over 35 years, so not quite as long as Todd. And our focus is really estate planning, uh, business succession, philanthropic planning, and we do the financial modeling and the financial planning uh, when it comes to that type of uh, strategic thinking. And so we uh, we met Hightower several years ago. We joined forces with them a year ago, March. So it was March 31st of 2020, right in the middle of the right in the beginning of the pandemic. And have really been pleased with our association and partnership with Hightower. They've just been uh, wonderful to us and very high level, which really fits well with the type of planning we do uh, for high net worth families and families that own businesses. So yeah. thank you, Todd. Yeah, you're welcome, Greg. Um, Brooke, tell us a little bit about your life. And you know, you're a San Diego State graduate, um, Santa Clara Law. We met through rugby. Our sons played rugby together. Um, and I'm still coaching rugby and, and football. So tell us a little bit about your background, Brooke. Okay. Um, thanks, Todd. What a what a relationship it's been, huh? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm a retired prosecutor. I uh, worked for 16 years as a deputy district attorney. Um, for about five years, I was head of the domestic violence, sexual assault, elder abuse team. Um, retired out of there in 2006. And uh even as as a deputy da i was working with another da and we were doing simple trust for folks we had a business uh that was allowed by our contract and trust have always interest me uh, i opened up my current practice in about 2010 met todd and and the synergy was so great that we have been working together ever since um todd gives a holistic kind of wealth management to a lot of our clients we set it up with the planning and the different needs that are met, uh, that need to be met by each family. So we're doing uh, drafting of trusts. We're doing trustee management. I do trustee services. Often I feel like I'm a probation officer because I'm the uh, wall between kids and their money sometimes. So anyway, we do a lot together and it's been a great relationship. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, it's a kind of a pivotal day today. Uh, Greg and I were talking earlier, 9-13-2021. The House has brought down what they're going to try and, and get through in terms of um, tax increases, uh, estate planning changes. And Greg, you've been on top of this for many, many years. So what are your initial thoughts? I know it's not law yet, so we can't really have Brooke comment. Um, but what are your initial thoughts on on September 13th? Oh, yeah. You, you know, whether uh, a family has been involved and engaged in, in planning for many generations or this is something new to them, anyone with any kind of significant net worth 
there's really not, you know, there's never been a better time uh, to do the, the type of planning that's available to them right now. I mean, there are, there are more opportunities than I've seen and, you know, since I've been in this, in this business. And some of this, many of you have heard, but the exemption is as, as large as it's ever been, 11.7 million. And of course, part of the Biden plan is to reduce that back to 5 million, but that would be indexed up to something a little bit greater than 6 million, and that's per spouse. But someone with a, a, a net worth that wants to uh, engage in some wealth transfer, there are many ways to do that, whether it's gifting directly to heirs or gifting to a trust set up for their heirs. And now is a good time to do that because if and when the tax laws change, uh, that could be reduced. And it is that law is scheduled to sunset uh, and reduce back to five million of, uh, of exemption in 2025, uh, the end of 2025. But of course, the new proposal is that that happens at the end of this year. So that's something to look at very closely. And oftentimes, folks will want to give the right type of asset, a, a growth asset. And most often, we see them looking at giving uh, those assets to a trust for the family. And the trust can accomplish so many different things. And the trust could be set up for the spouse where he or she are permissible beneficiaries during their lifetime. But the fact of the, the benefit of giving assets to a trust, you know, everything from asset protection to some um, fiduciary expertise to obviously getting the assets, not just out of the grantor's estate, the giver's estate, but also maybe even for multiple generations. And so, we have seen trusts work beautifully over many decades if they're if they're set up properly, uh, and it's very custom oriented. I know that Brooke and I have discussed this in the past, but Brooke, what you know, what are some benefits of having assets uh, gifted to a trust uh, during lifetime? Well, I think primarily trying to trying to bring the next generation in. If, if you have uh, generational wealth. The mindset has changed from where it used to be, where uh, parents would not tell their children how much there is because they were afraid they wouldn't work. These days, uh, the protections need to be there with the trust to protect the wealth, one, two, by bringing the children into the trust and the assets and see how it's managed, then you protect that generational wealth. So when they do come into the money, they know how to handle it and they know how to go forward. I think one of the other things, though, that, that we were going to be dealing with constantly, I think, for the next decade at least, is this redistribution of, of or attempt at redistribution of wealth. You know, these limits are going to be changing back and forth, although I don't have any law in front of me telling me what we're going to be doing definitively in the next year or whatnot. Greg, I think you're, you're, you're right with where you're going with where it may go. They're going to lower the lifetime gift. They're going to lower uh, how, much, how much money can actually be given to the next generation easily. We're going to have to have things like charitable trust, family foundations, different tax advantages associated with trust. Otherwise, you're going to be looking at 40% inheritance tax and uh, it's going to be a nightmare. So. You know, an, an interesting uh, point, Brooke, um, and I'm sure, Greg, you run into this as well. I'm surprised at how many families that I'm currently talking to that are new clients who don't have an estate plan in place. Now, in by default, you do have an estate plan if you haven't done a will or a trust. It's the state of California. 
that's your estate plan. And Brooke, tell us about probate. Tell us about why you should be at least establishing a will um, and possibly even a living trust. Well, I, I, there's so many different reasons for the trust, but uh, what most people don't realize, even if you have a will, it's going to be probated. So let's talk a little bit about probate court right now. All right. We've just come off of COVID. Uh, the court's been closed significant amount of times, uh, time with the COVID. And you have criminal, civil, and various family law and other um, courtrooms that handle specifically those cases. Mm-hmm. Well, in probate, people are dead. They're going to stay dead. They're at the end of the list. I mean, uh, for uh, an estate to be probated these days, you're going to be backed up years. So that's one aspect. Um, another aspect is a lot of people don't realize this, but probate is a public procedure. Okay. So uh, you're going to be having your disputes, your questions, everything monitored through a court record, and it's going to be public. You know, that that doesn't taste right to a lot of people, and it's it can be avoided with a trust. I think what a trust does at its basic is it gives your um, issue, your, your beneficiaries, the ability, and the trustee to have a handbook that says, okay, this is what I want to happen. Follow these instructions. You don't have to get involved with court approval, court referees, appraisals. You administer it from this handbook that is called your trust. Also, the, the child aspect. I mean, for families with young children, uh, if we don't have successor trustees um, appointed to handle the estate if they're gone, we also have the issue of young children. Who's Who takes care of the kids? Needs to be spelled out, right? Yeah, there's so many different issues that can be addressed with uh, a trust, you know, and and uh, trust can, you know, obviate the, the need for a conservatorship. If you have built in um, safety clauses, like if a certified board certified doctor finds that I'm incompetent and my attending physician feels I'm incompetent, make medical or, or state decisions, your trust automatically goes into successor trustee mode, you go to court and it's confirmed and you don't have to go through a conservatorship. Um, A lot of these different tasks that become really ugly in the courts can be obviated by this handbook that you call your trust. It has specific things that trigger other specific things. Medical issues as well, right, Brooke? Medical issues. um, Exactly. And, you know, medical health care, power of attorney, but I mean, Greg, this is where your planning and all the different aspects of what you do come into to play here, right? Yeah, no. And I think, you know, Brooke, you and Todd are spot on with really what we have learned to be the most important thing for our clients are some of these soft issues that people are up at night about. But there's also some tax and, and hard issues that, that we can accomplish with these trusts. You know, these trusts now can be set up in a way to where you know, when the first generation is gone and assets go to the, you know, to the next generation, that assets can be left in in trust in such a way that it can be protected from potential bad marriages or or creditors, lawsuits, and much of that from estate taxes, then when the next generation leaves it to potentially their grandchildren. And so there's a lot of tax benefit uh, that can be that can be achieved by these types of trusts. Revocable trust, of course, you know, 
uh, helps us with probate and the management. But then at death, of course, uh, it dumps into an irrevocable trust. Or we can create an irrevocable trust during life and move assets out of the taxable estate. But just all of the benefits that could be derived from that if set up properly, they're really immeasurable. And it, you know, I remember when I got in the business, um, the word trust was really almost a, a bad word because some of the fiduciary appointments weren't what they could be and are today. But mm-hmm. even, you know, the, the children could be, play a part in, in being their own trustee with a co-trustee and all that can be custom designed. So just the asset protection, the estate tax benefits, even some potential income back, uh, benefits of having income tax benefits of, of having a trust are just, uh, you know, can, can, can really move the needle. And one thing, too, and I want to encourage folks who have already done a fair amount of planning, you know, some of the trusts you have, if they're not exactly what you want, and they may be irrevocable trusts, and it depends on the state in which you live, but there are ways that um, you can still maybe have your cake and eat it, too, through a non-judicial modification or a decanting or even selling assets out of one trust to another if changes need to be made. And it, it can really be, uh, you, you know, beneficial to the, you know, to, to, to the heirs um, down the road. So Amen. We, and, and the, finally, and Todd, I wanted to say this because this is what we're seeing a lot of now and yep. don't want to get too into the weeds. We certainly can have subsequent uh, conversations about this. But right now, the federal interest rate of if family, if a, if a husband and wife or an individual wanted to sell assets to the properly structured grantor trust, it could be done in such a way where it doesn't trigger income tax. Mm-hmm. If it's a farm or a business, that's not on the uh, that's not on the uh, schedule to change. But other assets, real estate assets, passive assets. If you read, you know, what came out that the House passed today. They're looking at changing that grantor, the tax status of grantor trust. So, like I say, there's never been a better time, whether you're gifting or whether you're selling assets. And last but not least, the federal rate that, that uh, we need to use now is really close to it, an all-time low. Yeah, uh, it's less than one percent for what they call the nine-year note or the midterm rate. So, it's just something that needs to be analyzed. And whether you've done a lot of planning or new to the game. Uh, these types of strategies can be really beneficial to the overall planning for the family. Absolutely. And, in, and along those lines, um, Brooke mentioned the family foundation concept or, or charitable concept. I think that's a lifelong gift to families. It could be multi-generational where, you know, we actually are able to educate the family how to properly manage money and those uh, young adults and, and even grandchildren, great-grandchildren, eventually, depending on the size, that's that's a lifelong gift, right? I mean, Brooke, what's your experience in that in that area? Well, you know, I, I'm, I, I do everything from seeing it work with, you know, ma- families that have a great deal of wealth, having a, a, a board and a foundation, different family members are responsible for giving a gift and then following up with a report back to the board that gives, you know, accountability. It gives uh, the ability for them to see what money can do and whatnot. Foundations have tax advantages for uh, offsetting profits. I mean, there's a, there's a number of different advantages. I think what I'd like to actually go into a little bit more with you, Todd, is Having somebody like you with who's got a full concept of the trust tax 
and uh, investment on on these accounts, these bigger accounts. Tax laws, Greg, are always going to be changing. I mean, this is this round that the House has passed here. Um, they're always going to be changing. You're always going to need to review. And, you know, it, it's it's a bit like a rugby match, Todd, right? We got to bob in, bob out, dodge. Sometimes the ball goes down on the ground and sometimes it gets kicked through the goalpost. So, you know, this is active management. And there's no reason why families can't be involved in this together, but they need kind of the conductor of the orchestra or the coach of the rugby team making it all happen. And that's where I see the synergy with, with both of you in how this is accomplished. Cause we're not dealing with stagnant tax statutes. They're, they're ever changing. And uh, we have to move the trust in a way, a direction where they have to move with it. Yeah. One of the concepts from rugby is the box kick where the um, player actually kicks the ball down the field with the intent of actually recovering the kick and continuing the play. And, and in many ways, this is similar to some of the techniques we're talking about. Yeah, you're giving an asset to an irrevocable trust, but that doesn't mean that you don't have some, quote, influence. I mean, you have to be very careful about that. Um, but I think, Brooke, what you're referring to is uh, the concept that um, Lion Wealth Management believes in, which is dynamic fiduciary wealth management, and how I believe that coordinating with the client's other tax, legal, risk management, legacy planning professionals is really, really important for a successful outcome. And um, I don't know many advisors that actually do that, but I feel as an RIA, a registered investment advisor under the fiduciary standard, um, that that's my duty. That's what I have to do. And I know you feel the same way, Greg. Oh, absolutely. You know, I really appreciate Brooke, yours and Todd's approach, which is really asking the client what, you know, what's your wealth philosophy? Tell me about your kids. What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, the tactics, you know, we get into the tactics. I mean, even on, the, the, there's, there's simple tactics, but might, from a tax perspective, accomplish what they would like to, such as uh, most folks know, but not everyone, that qualified plans, whether it's a, a profit-sharing plan or an IRA, you know, is one of the few assets that does not receive a step up in tax basis when you pass away. And so, whether you're leaving money directly to charity or a family foundation or a family trust, those are the types of assets I know, Todd, that you and I have talked about with, with our clients to identify to fill that bucket uh, because then that asset would go totally tax-free, both income tax-free and estate tax-free to the, to the charity that, that the family's trying to endow. And so I really do like your approach of, you know, you, you've met one family, uh, you've met one family. Every family is different, has different goals, and to understand their goals, their family, and then deploy the tactics that make most sense for them is a collaborative exercise. Yeah, and, and you know, what's interesting, um, Greg and Brooke, is that a lot of these families, um, they, the value that built the wealth gets lost. You know, you know that the concept of the three and out or the shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves um, you know, the, the founder creates the business and in many cases within three generations, it's gone. The, the assets are gone. And so an important part of this whole process of planning um, is making sure that the next generation understands the values behind the family that created that wealth and continues to move those values forward through the generations. 
And that's part of that legacy planning aspect of, of dynamic fiduciary wealth management. One other topic, and then we'll we'll close because there's a lot to discuss. And you're right, I think we're going to have to have a series of these, is the concept of, um, of life insurance and how it plays into uh, estate planning. I think charitable is definitely going to be, there's going to be an increase in interest in charitable um, as a result of these, these changes coming, but also uh, second to die life insurance or even just straight life insurance. Maybe you could comment on that, Greg, because I know you have a lot of experience in that area. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. The, you know, when, when we typically the three pillars of estate planning are the wealth transfer, wealth transfer techniques, and then philanthropic planning, and then life insurance. You know, life insurance for the high net worth or ultra high net worth is really nothing more than a tool. You know, it's a non-correlated asset and sometimes it fits and sometimes it doesn't fit. Uh, it's more uh, of an ROI issue. Uh, and the reason it does fit in some cases is because it, unlike the, it's the opposite of a retirement plan, the death benefit does get a step up in tax basis. And it's one of the few, really the only asset that you can get a step up in a tax basis that you can get also out of the taxable estate. And so we encourage folks that have a life insurance portfolio to look at it closely to see if it can be moved to a trust or if it's in trust. Maybe it's not a trust that can go for multiple generations. And there's a lot more to it than that, uh, you know, where the trust can purchase assets from the estate. But very wealthy families who are, in some cases, very liquid, still choose to use a, a portion of their or, or to use life insurance as one of their many solutions for paying the estate taxes and transferring wealth. And those, uh, you know, that's a proven uh, tactic and strategy. Absolutely. Um, Brooke, any closing thoughts from your world? Well, you know, I, I we've only brushed the surface of a lot of the stuff. And I think to a lot of people, these kind of soft topics aren't, you know, they're, they're more worried about technicalities and uh, law, the laws that exist at the moment on how to shelter money and whatnot. But in order to get to that place, I think it's really important that you start with what are your goals? What are your values? What are you trying to accomplish generally? And you can always move specifically with the ideas of the, okay, we're going to use this tactic to get where you want, but you got to start with the generalities and move to the specifics because there's so much to this. And I, I found a lot of high wealth individuals want to get directly into the, the specifics when they gloss over some of the most important things. Mm, yeah. Good thoughts. Greg, how about you? Any closing thoughts? I echo what Brooke said. You know, it's a, it's a process. It doesn't have to be that painful with the right planning team. They know the questions to ask and they can, whoever that is, and they can shepherd you through the process and not, uh, so it's a, it is certainly a process worthy of spending some time and focus. Right. And, you know, it's, it, it made me think today when I read through that five page summary from one of our research firms on the proposals that are in the house, it made me realize that those high net worth individuals who have done the planning because of their wealth, um, that number is going to come down a lot to people who have less wealth than what they consider to be wealthy. And if you're young and you have significant wealth, imagine what will happen over your lifetime to that wealth, just because maybe you're in your 40s, maybe you're in your 50s. I mean, we've got a long runway 
we're planning for people to age 100 in line wealth management. And I'll never forget early on, people would say, when I said 95, five years or so ago, they laughed at me. Well, they're not laughing because they're in their 90s now. So it's we live in a, an environment in California and elsewhere in the, on the country where you know we're healthy. We eat well, we exercise, we take care of ourselves. Um, so <clears throat> I truly believe that that number is going to come down to where people who are in less sizable states would really benefit from doing some planning now. So with that, we'll end our first podcast of the Lion's Den. And we encourage you to reach out, check out our websites, uh, sign up. We're happy to have a conversation. Anything to close, Broker Greg? Now, thank you, Todd, for having us. And uh, I'll, you know, with regard to your life expectancy, I'll close with famous words from my uh, grandfather. Can't kill a weed. <laughs> People are going to be around a lot longer than they think. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right, everyone. Enjoyed Take it. Care. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, bro. Have a great day. Hightower Advisors LLC is an SEC registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity-specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions. Lion Wealth Management is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Lion Wealth Management and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Lion Wealth Management and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. 
The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.